The following presentation has been brought to you by HSF Productions. Making their way to the studio, representing the wrestling capital of the world, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, your hosts of the Impromptu Wrestling Podcast, Tally and Damien. Hey guys, welcome back to IWP, the Impromptu Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Tally006. Over to my left, as always, is my brother Damien. How's it going this week? This week's been a really good week, man. And, um... Episode 49. We've been we're, we're, doing this for almost a year now. We're almost there. We're three episodes out. My math's correct. Yeah. Three more after this, so. I'm looking forward to yeah. this one. Let's do it. It's it's huge. I, I never would have thought this time last year when we were a couple episodes in, you know, like, would we still be doing this every week? And you know, besides the Christmas break, we we've we've hit it every week. I I think we deserve a little pat on the back. So uh, give it up to us. Whoop whoop, <laughs> whoop whoop. Uh, anyways, we had a we had a bounce back week. I feel uh, in wrestling this week, uh, we were kind of hard on Dynamite. Impact kind of stole the show with the uh, Private Party showing up and Matt Hardy, and then. Private Party shows up on Dynamite and lays an absolute goose egg. Um, But they bounced back this week. It was a lot better show. Um, Just everything. Matches were way better. Performances were way better. And it was a better week. And how was Impact? Oh my god, I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) they They were right back on course too. I mean... I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, but, uh, I mean, Private Party and Matt Hardy were advertised to be on the show, and I felt like, well, I got to tune in now, because anything can happen. I I mean, I, I had it on. I'll admit I wasn't paying attention, but they did not show up on that show. And then about halfway through the show, it was starting to be advertised that they were going to be on next week. So if I missed it, I'm not too worried about it. It must not have been that big a deal. <laughs> right, but right, right. I I don't think they were on the show. Yeah, I didn't get to watch, but uh doesn't sound like I missed much. I mean, Tony Khan was back with Tony, another paid advertisement, talking about their appearance on the show last week. You know, Jerry Lynn getting involved and... Tony did a good job of just kind of downplaying it. Well, Jerry Lynn's going to do what Jerry Lynn's going to do. It was kind of his. <laughs> I don't think he said it like that, but he's not a, he's not a mobster, but. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was that mentality, right? So, yeah, it was okay. It was impact. But uh, we have. Uh, we talked last week about the uh, AEW Dynamite Awards. We gave our picks on who we thought deserved the uh, the awards. Uh, this week, uh, shortly before Dynamite went live, we got the winners in a in a in a YouTube video 
they kind of went all out making it look like the award like an award show you know they had a bunch of comedians and whatnot talking um you know talking about their fandom of AEW and then and then reading the nominees and giving the awards it was kind of a cool little deal um i i feel like we talked about these uh last week when we were giving our picks so i don't think we need to dive too too deep into everything but we can definitely go over the winners um best moment on the mic uh I had picked Orange Cassidy debates Chris Jericho. You had picked Brandy Rhodes confronts Jade Cargill. We both missed the mark on here as it's Cody Rhodes accepts dog collar match, which I think I kind of gave props to, if I remember correctly. But I just felt the impact of, of Orange Cassidy was a little bit more shocking or whatever. Um, yeah. But, uh, I think Cody, Cody was winning. right. Uh, Brody's... Brody's uh, promo for this match was probably better, but yeah, he accepted it for both of them. I thought that was class act. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what do we have on the next one? Uh, the biggest surprise of the year. I picked Brody Lee arriving as the exalted one. You picked Miro revealed as the best man and the honors goes to sting a W debut. Which is, uh, I mean, it's a good pick. It's a good pick too. I think, I think really all of these are could could be legitimate picks. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, I like the acceptance of this award. Uh, they give it to Darby Allen, and uh, I like that they had these like speech bubbles around them. And uh, they they flash so fast, I can't even remember what they even said. But uh, Darby in, in, in classic Darby, Darby-ness just goes, uh, yeah, I'll uh, make sure Sting gets this. And then just walks off camera. It was, it was, <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was pretty yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, next, we had a Breakout Star Male. And uh, I had picked Darby Allen for this one. You kind of went went rogue on this one and, and figured John Silver deserve the the honors um the voting goes to darby allen and again we get another similar kind of acceptance more speech bubbles uh i I don't even remember what he said he was just like yeah cool i guess and then they kind of do the interview with Britt baker and uh Britt can't get anything out of him either and the reason i'm quiet backstage is people like you and Britt's just like oh it's kind of a cool interaction. Wouldn't <laughs> think to put those two together, let's just say. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, in the uh, the next category was breakout star female. And I picked Anna J and you picked Hikaru Shida and uh Shida took the honors on this one and um yeah, this was a good interaction between Shida and Britt Baker. I liked how they yeah. They stayed in character for this one, and uh, probably for me, the the moment of the whole show was this one. I mean, we've been talking about Sheeta and her English and, and how it's getting better. And wow, she impressed me. She sounded really good in her acceptance speech. It wasn't until Britt came in and kind of 
started improving on her, I feel a little bit, and then she wasn't quite ready for it, and then she kind of she kind of reverted back, but uh, she had that speech down, and it sounded pretty good. I'm uh, I'm excited to to hear Sheeta more now on the mic. That was great. Yep, yep. Uh, next award was the biggest beatdown. Uh, we had uh, I had picked uh, the Dark Order attack on the Nightmare family. I thought this was just vicious. Everybody involved, it sent the message. Uh, you had the squash match on Cody. I just feel like it made the impact. Anna J on Brandy. It was all just awesome. You picked Inner Circle jumps Orange Cassidy, and I and like honestly, when you said that, I was like, there is no way they're gonna pick. Chris Jericho beating Orange Cassidy with oranges. Sure enough, the AEW universe <laughs> picks <laughs> Inner Circle jumps Orange Cassidy. I mean, I whatever. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> uh, I next? I don't know. I I just felt it was like really it was a, it was a pretty brutal one, even though it was. It was kind of gimmicky with the oranges and whatnot. I I thought it was a pretty brutal attack. Uh, I think Orange Cassie could have got seriously hurt with those oranges. When they showed the those were naval oranges, the big ones, (laughs) the big ones. Uh, When they showed the clips back, I was just like, oh yeah, that was pretty. That was a pretty good beatdown, I suppose. So yeah, whatever. What's next? Uh, The next award was for High Flyer. This one was a a no-brainer. Uh, Ray Phoenix wins this one. I I would be shocked if the other three even got a vote on this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, there's not much you can say here. It's Ray Phoenix. It's Ray he's he's going to win this award until he retires. True, true. Uh, hardest moment to clean up after. We both picked the parking lot brawl, not necessarily because it was messy by any means. Just because we felt that this award deserved recognition, it was hands down the best match to appear on Dynamite of the year. And it's just, I mean, I talked about it last week. The the categories for these awards are really goofy and gimmicky. There was really no, you know, Dynamite match of the year versus pay-per-view match of the year kind of kind of things. So I at least when I picked this one. That's wise. I, I felt this match deserved some recognition. And, you know, the AEW uh, fandom d- agreed. You know, they got the vote. They got the award. So uh, good on um, Santana and Ortiz and, and, of course, the best friends. It's uh, well-deserved, man. That was a brutal, brutal match. Yeah, I mean, this this match could have been in a lot of these categories. Biggest beatdown... WTF moment. Um maybe not maybe not the mic one, but LOL award. I'm I'm sure there was some funny stuff in there. You know, Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy coming Cassidy. out of the trunk. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, glad I'm glad I got one there. Um in the next uh award we had the biggest WTF moment. And uh, I had picked Kenny Omega wins the world championship and then immediately runs out of AEW. And you picked Cody Rhodes, Steel Cage, Moonsault. I feel like 
this was probably a close a close vote uh kenny gets this one though and um what 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 what'd you feel about this one do you feel like this was stolen away from you honestly i when i was doing my votes i don't remember seeing sammy guevara getting hit by golf cart because i would have picked that if we're talking about the moments that had the jaws on the floor you know i i know i was screaming at cody as he was climbing the cage and i and i know what he's gonna do and and then he does it and it's still like super surprising and stuff like that but that golf cart bump that sammy takes holy shit that was nasty that was a wtf why would you do that why would you take that bump like that crazy yeah yeah. so i mean if any if anybody got stolen it was sammy i think what do you what do you think about mad hardy uh, taking that drop off the, uh, I don't know what it was. Like yeah. A, Is a scissor lift there? Yeah. And missed yeah. the tables. That, that one? Like, what was I that? mean, maybe they didn't put it because maybe it's not, you know, a sensitive thing. He, like he legitimately got injured, but I mean, that was a WTF moment. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if that was left out just because, you know, re- respects kind of respectfulness. But uh, yeah, that, definitely that had w- us saying Sammy, WTF. Sammy, Matt Hardy, honorable mentions, I feel, in this category. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, from there, we get into the LOL award. Um, I don't understand how basically any of these... Uh, <laughs> you know, LOL, like I we both picked uh Le Dinner Debonair just because we felt again it needed the recognition. That was an amazing segment. Wasn't necessarily I mean it was funny and had its funny spots, but maybe not necessarily sell necessarily laugh out loud. Uh but the the honor goes to the Young Bucks uh super kick MJF into the pool. Uh I mean, yeah, I, I giggled, but laugh out loud. I mean, we saw this spot coming a mile away. If I remember correctly to that, that episode of Dynamite. I don't think that deserved to win. Honestly. Yeah, I I honestly did not even remember this was on Dynamite. <laughs> I I remember the it happening, but I didn't I didn't remember it was dynamite, so right. I don't know. I can see why people picked it, but I mean, really what makes this a great pick is MGF accepts the the award for it and <laughs> right. Man, uh that should be the LOL moment for next year. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was yeah. hilarious. Agreed. Agreed. He thought it was for match of the year or something like that, or wrestler yeah. of the year. Oh man, yeah, MJF Rose. Classic, classic. Uh, the next award was for best Twitter follow, and we both picked MGF, which is the obvious winner here, but uh, is stolen by Nyla Rose, which, in my opinion. 
you know, not a terrible pick. I'm just really, really shocked that it's not MJF. What did you think about MJF uh, getting the snub here? I, I think this all just boils down to his ability to be a heel. People just hate the guy and uh, didn't want to vote for him. I, I think that's what this all comes down to. If we're, so, if we're talking pure pure entertainment, MJF is a clear winner for sure. Nyla has some right. good tweets and they're, and they're cryptic and they're funny and they're subtle and, and whatnot. And, and she has her moments, but uh, you know, MJF, man, he's the goat when he, so, so what you're saying here is like the people who voted for, for this category are really the ones that should go and watch tennis. They are exactly the you know, people who should Pete Sampras fans. You don't know anything about wrestling? <laughs> My lord. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nyla Rose, not bad, but come on, MGF had to. Even Chris Jericho, yeah. even Chris Jericho should have won this one, but oh well. Oh well. How about the last one? Uh, the Bleacher Report pay-per-view moment of the year. We had both picked Omega and Page defeat the Young Bucks. Um, it was Pro Wrestling Illustrated's match of the year. Uh, it was a few other uh, publications match matches of the year. Uh, I think it was a no-brainer. the The wording of moment of the year was a little misleading, maybe, but uh, I. F- I felt that it deserved the nod here, but the uh, award goes to the stadium stampede. I'm not mad at this. Uh, again, it was kind of um, it was kind of a unique thing. The stampede was, and uh, it definitely deserves some recognition. Um, I think I think the stadium stampede got inside the ropes match of the year, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, I'd seen on Sammy's uh, social media that he was posing with the awards for uh from that publication so uh i'm not mad at this one at all yeah i think you're right it's it's the word moment in there and i just don't know like are we taking the whole stadium stampede as a moment or one part in there so yeah it's not a it's not a bad pick i just didn't seem to fit the category if it was pay-per-view match of the year right maybe but oh well yeah no i i enjoy that they're doing something like this and and you know maybe we need some better categories but it's uh fun to talk about anyways yeah for sure for sure it was a cool idea uh with that being said let's move on to this week's being the elite Uh, this week's being the elite episode two forty fender bender. Um, <laughs> overall, I, I'm getting bored of being the elite. If I'm being strictly honest, I it, it's like Monday noon rolls around. I'm like, Ugh, I have to watch being the elite now. <laughs> you know, it's just it's been a few weeks in a row of some of some of some downers. And, 
you know, I, I can't, I mean, I, I feel like I've been pretty honest week to week about, uh, the quality of being the elite. And, uh, you know, this one was just, again, just, I've, I've said it before par for the chorus and, uh, nothing really stood out for me in this episode. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Totally. I, I was glad it was a shorter one. Uh, just because it, it kind of, we, we got by it faster, but, um, yeah, I know that there's really, really nothing to, to highlight here. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to BT championship Yeah, next week, but, um, yeah, no, just, I, I don't feel like there's really anything to talk about. Even the dark order stuff was just meh. Like, unless I mean, next week we're seeing Anna Jay in pajamas, like, I don't know. I don't know. The segment is going downhill. Don't tease our, our, our viewers now. Or oh, our oh. yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a spoiler right there. Sorry guys. <laughs> uh i had high hopes for this chris statlander gimmick that she that she had started a couple weeks ago um and then this one was just very awkward it was quick and it's like they had an idea they thought it would be you know with the mentos and the coke they thought it would be like a big thing and 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 whatnot but then it just was kind of a dud and instead of just like cutting the whole segment or trying to come up with something a little bit more entertaining, they just left it in and kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. But yeah, I'd high, I, I, I have, I have high hopes for the Statlander stuff, but yeah, I don't know if this one missed. Yeah. What do you think about the good brothers? Well, they're pretty over the top, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, it's too over the top. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not getting it. How about how well, about you? Do we like? We, we were hard on Silver when he was a little bit over the top, and uh, you know the language that was maybe coming out. Not that we're afraid of the words by any means, but I mean, it, it does make it's a little harsh on the ears. It makes it a little bit hard to listen to, and I mean gallows is silver times 10 on crack like <laughs> right 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 totally he he is on a different level and i mean i loved listening to these guys on talk and chop uh podcast when they would get together with jericho and they'd get some they'd get some wobbly pops and some vodka and and whatnot and whatever they were drinking and you get the stone cold impressions and the Howard Finkel impressions. Like it's a good time. It's a funny listen to, but on BTE it's, they're not even doing that. It's just how obscene and vulgar can we be? And yeah, it's, it's, it's harsh to, to watch. Yeah. Carl Anderson's not so bad. Are they just trying to make the Young Bucks blush, or is this what their gimmick is? Maybe. Maybe. See how how far we can go before they tell us that they couldn't use the footage kind of thing? Right. <laughs> I mean, 
Gallows is is doing the the belt swing. You know, imitating his 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 coxkey, as he likes to put it. You know, he's doing that on dynamite. I thought it was bad enough that it was on YouTube, <laughs> but now he's doing yeah, it on yeah. dynamite as he's coming out to the ring. So, I mean, whatever it, it's all in fun, but yeah, the good brothers are a little over the top. Carl Anderson, definitely not as bad. He's a little bit more controlled, but yeah, gals yeah. uncontrolled. Um, really quickly. I like, honestly, the best besides the BTE championship, I mean, no, I'm not even going to say that because that contest that they did was garbage. But uh, the best part of the show was was Alex Abrahantis. And he's been doing this Dark Order side gimmick, I guess you could say. He's, he's influenced by the Kool-Aid and he's got everybody on the crew drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, the Acclaimed are drinking the Kool-Aid. And uh, the rest of the um, the Latino group there, you got Santana and Ortiz and Dasha. They're trying to, you know, get to the bottom of this, and 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 they see what's going on. And it sounds like things are going to be coming to a head uh, in the next couple of weeks with uh, with Alex. So I thought this was kind of the shining moment of the, of the week for for BTE. Yeah, I thought they did this part really well, and I liked how they they had others that are not regulars on the show involved. And yeah, no, it's it's got me definitely interested on on where it's gonna go. I I haven't been quite a fan of the whole segment as a whole, but this is starting to pull me in. I like the mystery of it all. I still think they should go back to the soap opera, but that's just me. Right, right. <laughs> I love that shit. Uh, and then we end we end the episode off with uh, Brandon Cutler sleeping at the airport again. And uh, I'm wondering if this is going to be a constant now. Every time Cutler gets caught snoozing somewhere where he shouldn't, it's going to make its way on BTE. Uh, it's, it's fun. Yeah, I'm surprised they're not pranking him somehow. I mean, his beats were sitting right there. I would have totally took them. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Uh, all right. So yeah, kind of a kind of a low point uh, on BTE, getting lower and lower week to week. But uh, I mean, still gonna watch every week. So so nothing new there. Uh, let's get into this week's AEW Dark. AEW Dark, episode 71 from Daily's Place. This took place on YouTube January 26, 2021. We had a monster-sized show, just shy of two hours. Um, I mean, Miro, Jurassic Express, SEU, uh, Butcher and the Blade, Ray Phoenix, Shanna, uh, Britt Baker in action, Abaddon making her return after her, uh, you know, um, Lost to the to the AEW Women's Champion, um, it 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 was a decent show. I'll admit I didn't watch a lot of it, but I think the main talking point here was uh, Dark Order's ten versus Ray Jazz, and not so much that 
10 put on a spectacular match by any means or the newcomer Ray Jazz surprised us. It was negative one Brody Lee Jr. on commentary. Absolutely stealing the show. I, I, I mean, I mentioned it while we were watching it. The confidence on this kid. He's nine years old. And just seizing the day. Being anywhere a part of the show on the mic it doesn't matter he's having the time of his life right now i feel and uh good for him yeah yeah this this was a a show stealer for me too so if you guys haven't checked it out go check out negative one on commentary aw dark episode 71 at an hour 24 just uh go right to that part and and watch it I mean, yeah, you said confidence. Like he is just just super comfortable. It's like he doesn't even realize he's on camera and going to be on YouTube, and this is going to be watched by you know millions of people, and basically going to be online forever now. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I can like I can just imagine him being at home watching wrestling and he's probably doing all of those same kind of things saying the same kind of things and they they probably also coached him a little bit i'm thinking in like what his character should be doing you know always telling um excalibur to shut up and and stuff like that i'm not sure if he would come up with that but yeah probably um, not but still yeah and um his one moment where he kind of broke kayfabe there talking about how he's uh he ripped off his shirt twice already in that night yeah but this was the first time we saw him yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah all of it was it was just great yeah i i'd have to admit that uh being that that age and you know say an adult comes and whispers in my ear and uh you know hey go go up to this other adult and say shut up you know you're trash like i would never say that like i would immediately assume it was a trap and that i was going to get in trouble <laughs> right <laughs> so for the confidence of this kid to to just like yeah i'll say that Shut up, Excalibur. Taz, you're cool. Can't wait to see your son Hook wrestle. Like, he was just, he was on point. Yeah. Yeah. It was was very Jericho esque. Yeah. Yeah. He probably got, that's probably who was coaching him, was Jericho. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Let's move on to AEW power rankings. AEW power rankings for January 27th, 2021. What did we have this week? We got a couple of moves going on here in the men's division. Uh, Cody moves up to the number two position, which drops MJF down to the number three position. Um, I don't know if this has some sort of meaning, but it makes sense in that uh, MJF has a zero zero record and and Cody has 
two wins after the reset. In the women's division, absolutely no changes. So won't even cover that. Uh, just good to see Anna Jay still in the top five in that kind of revolving door position, mm -hmm. which is usually changes a lot. And uh, speaking about the revolving door position, in the tag team rankings, we have a new tag team at position number five, and that is Chris Jericho and MJF. Um, are now in the tag team rankings. And one interesting note about this is that MJF joins Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho as the only wrestlers to ever be ranked more than once in a week. So MJF mm. being on the uh, the men's rankings and also on the tag team rankings. <clears throat> I thought that was a pretty interesting note. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I just want to quickly uh, take note that uh, Cody climbing the climbing the power rankings in the men's division with Kenny Omega being the champion at this point. I do believe very very early on when we were talking about you know Cody's situation losing that match at Full Gear last year to Chris Jericho never being able to challenge for the AEW World Championship again. I think I made the kind of prediction that when one of his buddies, like Kenny Omega, becomes champion, maybe there'll be some kind of story where will they'll throw Cody a bone and, and let him challenge. I just want to remind everybody that right, Cody's right. climbing the rankings and Kenny Omega is the champ right now. So just keep that in mind for the next few months. <laughs> I, yeah, I would like to. I would like to see that match. I think that'd be a really good one. For sure, for sure. All right, let's uh let's get right into the meat and potatoes. Wednesday night dynamite. Wednesday night dynamite, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty one, live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I mean, like I said at the beginning of the show, this was uh this was a better week than than uh the last couple weeks that we've seen but uh i mean still nothing that really blows off the page i just think all the performances are really solid this week uh the match choices were really solid this week everybody did their job there was no real big uh production issues or anything like that so it was a very entertaining uh episode uh, of dynamite to to watch uh so yeah, I can't wait to get into this one. Yeah, I don't know if they're maybe we're saving something up for next week. Um, I'm hoping next week's going to be, I hate to say it, slobber knocker. Mm -hmm. Did I say that right? Um, oh, you, you know, need to put being, some more balls on it. You got to be a slobber knocker. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I need a couple of Jack Daniels and cigarette or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what do we got here uh, off the top of the show? Uh, I mean, they, they started off with, uh, I mean, hate to sound like uh, the jabroni uh, streamers out there, but uh, we started off with a banger right off the bat here. We had the mad king eddie kingston going up against the murder hawk monster lance archer this is a, a feud that's kind of been building over the last few months uh 
also involving Pac in the Death uh, Triangle and their return. Um, this was Lance Archer's chance to get his hands on Eddie Kingston, and uh, this was a this was an absolute beatdown. Like this was a hard hitting match. Eddie Kingston took an absolute beating. I was um, well. He died at one point. He did die at one point. That's right. Um, when uh, Lance Archer tried to choke slam him over the ropes onto the apron, that was a nasty bump. That was an absolute nasty bump. I don't you think that's recommend... what he was trying to do. Get him on the apron. Yeah, he was trying to get him on the apron, but oh, he I missed. think he just but he missed, and Eddie hits the corner and then rolls to the outside. I, I think that was a dumb, dangerous spot and should never be attempted again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But uh, overall, besides that, this was a really good match. They told a great story. Um, about halfway through, I was just like, man, I can't believe... They're they're doing this to Eddie Kingston. I wonder what he did in the back, you know. He gets absolutely demolished by Pac, and now he's getting absolutely demolished by Lance Archer. But then, you know, we get the distract, the distraction, um, the bunny coming out, slipping him the knuckle duster, a term I have never once heard in my 30 years of watching professional wrestling. Never seen or heard of a knuckle duster. But uh, when Lance goes to turn his attention back to Eddie Kingston, he's got it on his on his fist and gets a nice spinning back fist. Absolutely dusts him. I guess it, it's apropos. But uh, Eddie Kingston stealing a win here on, on the Murderhawk Monster. I thought this was a really clever way. I didn't see, I honestly didn't really see it coming until, you know, we see Butcher and the Blade come out for the distraction and all, and I'm like, okay, I see where they're going here. But uh, yeah, it it surprised me. I didn't think that they were going to give this to to Eddie, and I think this opens up for a bigger story. I can't wait to see how where this goes from here. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I think it was a really good choice. As always, it keeps uh, Lance Archer, you know, strong. And he kind of got this one stolen away from him, and it really falls into the whole um, character of Kingston and his crew, you know, lie, steal, cheat, do whatever you got to do to to win kind of thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought this was probably match of the show. Um, and like you said, it was a, it was a banger. It was a banger. Uh, what do you think of Butcher and the Blade roughing up Jake Roberts? He, uh, I mean, I know he's one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time, great seller, but I can't help but be concerned for the guy. He's got lung issues. Uh, they say he can barely talk for more than 30 seconds without needing an oxygen mask, you know, and they're dragging him out by the cuff of his shirt. Uh, I, I, I get what they're going for, and I'm sure Jake agreed to do it and stuff like that, but I feel like. You know, somebody needs to step in and maybe just say, there's other ways we could do this. Yeah, like this was, um, this was abuse to a senior citizen, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> exactly. and, uh, it was just, it was just awkward the way he wasn't walking and he was just kind of crawling and 
Yeah, I don't then know. he couldn't. Yeah, you know, the the beatdown's over, the spot's over, the match is over. Butcher and the Blade and Eddie Kingston are beating up Archer in the ring now. He's trying to get up, and like I mean, I admit he's a great seller, but that looked way too way too real <laughs> you know what i mean uh he he couldn't stand up he was trying to climb the ropes like i mean it was awkward to watch and like he said man that's that's senior citizen abuse so uh be a little bit more creative and and let's try let's try something else you know have them yeah, tied maybe, up in the uh, back or something different like you know what i mean yeah like, yeah don't that's what i'm drag the guy out by the collar when he can barely breathe i uh, just yeah, it's cringe. Yep. It's yeah, play it on the big screen. Yeah. And come out and yeah. I mean, props to Jake for, for agreeing to do it if if that's how it went down, but you gotta protect yeah, it's, yourself uh, too sometimes. Yeah, sacrifice for the story is it's good stuff. Uh we get into uh a John Moxley segment, uh you know. Promo classic John Moxley spot here, hyping up the big six man tag next week at Beach Break. Um, you know, it's going to be Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix against the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. I mean, we've gassed up Moxley for his promo work so many times. Uh, you guys just, I mean, I'll insert clip of us talking about a John Moxie clip from six months ago. And it, it all just applies. Like this is home run promo here as always. Yeah. And it's, I, when he started this, I, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but I, I just remember thinking, man, like this guy is has a unique way of doing every single promo he does. They're like, like they're never the same, you know, whereas you, you take somebody like, um, I don't know, John Cena, like it's the same. Right. Um, Roman Reigns, you know, it's the same. The acclaimed, it's the same. Or well, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> or like that promo was the same every time. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, like so, Moxie comes pissed off. He comes, you know, a bit psycho. He comes off sad. He comes off happy. Like calm. it's just it's different. Yeah. yeah, it's just different every time. Yeah, it's so it's so cool. I remember an interview back in the vanilla brand days and he talked about how he never wanted to walk out to the ring the same way twice. That was his moment to, to just show creativity was just the different ways he strutted to the ring. Sometimes he walked fast. Sometimes he walked slow. Sometimes he, you know, like he said, psycho. Angry, sad, happy. Like he just, he, you talk about Jericho reinventing himself every two or three years. This guy's reinventing himself every day. Every time he's on TV, every time he's given the camera, every time he's given the mic, he's, he's changing it up and uh, it fits his character at the same time. It all makes sense. 
He's the best. He's the goat when yeah. it comes to yes. this. Makes it fresh. Uh, it's, it's nice. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, from there, we get into the absolute needs to be cut from the show moment. Um, I mean, I've said it before. I'm over it. I don't get what they're trying to achieve here. But, uh, it, I mean, it's it's the team task stuff again. And I just, I, I'm done. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, honestly. All right. It's more, it's more bitching and whining and Taz, be better. That's all I got to say. Figure it out. Figure it out. Um, from there we go into, um, the next matchup of the night. We have Jericho, uh, and MJF, uh, in their first official tag team match, I guess, since, since claiming the, uh, you know, claiming the rights to the, to being the tag team of the inner circle. Um, they're going up against varsity blondes, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman. And, uh, after a real stinker of a match in that in that three way tag match from Inner Circle, uh, Chris Jericho especially, you know, kind of stunk the joint up. Every once in a while, he stink, but uh, I mean, he came back with a with a vengeance. Like he had a point to prove. Um, maybe had his ear to to the Twitter verse and maybe what some of the. Uh, some of the marks were saying out there, but he came out with some purpose and uh, he put out a really good match and uh, he had some fire in his eyes. <laughs> it, it was good. It was a good show. Yeah. And I want to, I want to give credit to the varsity blondes on this. Cause I feel like, um, you know, Chris kind of, kind of got the energy from these two young guys. And uh, yeah, the match came off really, really well. Really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it was good. Um, probably two of the best suited opponents for Jericho and MJF here. Just at this point, I mean, two up and comers who can who can really uh, take bumps, make moves look good. Yeah, yep. it was a good match. Yep. It, was, it was Jericho. Winning with the lion salt. I don't think he's actually won with the lion salt in 25 years. I feel like like that. We're talking WCW days. Did he ever do a lion salt and then get a one, two, three right after? I mean, mind you, it was uh, preceded by a Judas effect, but still. And and I mean, the botched lion salt last week. This was this was the point. This was the point proven. Everybody has their off day. I can still nail this. And he nailed it. Oh, yeah. This was, I mean, I think this was one of the best ones I've ever seen. Like, it was True. like good, good height, good, good length. Landed the, landed the dismount. Like, it was all, all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the match, Inner Circle kind of gathers in the ring and we get this kind of confrontation between MJF and Sammy Guevara. 
and MJF kind of, you know, hey, Sammy, we really need to talk and, and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the hand pushing and stuff goes away. Jericho kind of calms it down. And they uh, they get their hands in for the inner circle salute. It'd be interesting to see how that all uh, all that all plays out and, and where they're trying to go with that. Uh, it, it's up in the air for sure. Uh, from there we get a Pac promo here. He's got some, uh, words for Kenny Omega and the good brothers, uh, again, hyping up that match for beach break. Um, Pac, we haven't, we haven't really heard Pac on the mic since he's been back. Just a couple little moments, like when he first debuted and, uh, maybe one other segment after that, but this is kind of the longest. I think he's, he's had the, the spotlight, um, to do anything on the mic and uh, it was pretty good and i mean i hate to to rip on the guy because i know he's got the accent and stuff like that but one of the better better sounding uh promos from Pac. like i understood everything he was trying to say in this one yeah yeah this was a it was a really good one um sometimes he's a little bit hard to take serious you know he's if you had the the audio off, he looks really tough and scary. But then right. you got the accent going. It's like, oh, you're you're so cute, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm. Uh, this is making me totally pumped for for this match. Um, it's it seems like Ray Phoenix, Pac, Moxley, they are focused and they are looking to put a beating on. The traitor and the outsiders is right. what we'll call them. So yeah, it's gonna be good. Did you just refer to Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers as the New World Order? <laughs> I guess the traitor and the outsiders, like <laughs> classic. classic. Wow, uh, I never never thought of it like that. <laughs> Uh, from there, we get a clip uh, played from earlier in the night uh, from the AEW Dynamite Awards where Shaq called out Cody Rhodes. Um, this was kind of a cool moment. Um, I didn't, so I saw this replay during Dynamite, and then you know later in the week I got caught up with the uh, the AEW Awards. So it was kind of cool how when you see the whole thing and Shaq is, you know talking about wrestling he he's he, he comes off very knowledgeable he's naming off you know things that that are relevant and, and whatnot and then after the award is given out and he says he just kind of changes his mood he takes the glasses off gets very serious cody you little punk and and you know the kind of the gauntlets throwing i thought shaq i mean shaq's a personality there's no doubt about that. He's been involved in wrestling before. He he gets it. He knows what to do. But I I I really wasn't expecting this. I don't know amount of seriousness from from Shaq. Like I I I watched Kazam back in the day. He wasn't that good of an actor then. Where where did these acting chops come from? I mean, I guess that's <laughs> time that time spent in L.A. Uh, really uh helped him out i guess i don't know but yeah i mean 
now I'm excited for for this Cody Shack meeting, and it sounds like I mean, as we see later, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the night. It's probably going to end up being a mixed tag match. Um, I mean, I'm excited. What did you What did you think of Shack and and his call out? Well, I, I think he's getting some pointers from Negative One personally. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought he did a really good job. Uh, I mean, calling. Calling Cody a little girl because his blonde hair was a little right. much, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely more interested in this than than the Mike Tyson stuff, right? Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure this will come off a little bit better than Snoop Dogg, but uh, we'll yeah. see, we'll see what happens. Uh, from there, we get into uh, Tony Schiavone in the ring with the American Nightmare Cody. Um, basically, his chance to respond to Shaq's comments. And I thought this was a little odd that Cody kind of kind of just dismisses his chance on the mic, really. And kind of hands it over to Arn, which I think is just a bad move altogether but uh <laughs> um it, it it did have its purpose and and i feel like i feel like this is one of the better uh chances arn had on the mic and and really just because he totally calls himself out he's like i know i can be a little bit long-winded and 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 he kind of you know refers to his lack of a uh, mic ability but I I thought it came off pretty good and uh, got to the point and 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 he throws to he throws to Red Velvet who comes out to kind of throw her hand in in the match and say that you know I'm here I'm here for Brandy I'm coming after Jade and you know let's get this thing done so I mean. It sounds like this is happening, Rev- Revolution. I don't think we've ever, we've gotten the official, the official, you know, word yet, but Shaq, Jade Cargill versus Cody and Red Velvet. Um, I think this is an interesting matchup because you got Shaq, Giant. You got Jade, Huge, Jack. And then you have Cody, who's a big man himself, but compared to Shaq, is very, very small. And Red Velvet, who is just actually very, very small. So, you know, David versus Goliath. That story is always compelling to tell, and I'm excited to see this. Uh, I can't wait to see if Shaq's gotten any better in the ring since, you know, the last time we seen him against Big Show all those years ago. Can he still move? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure it's going to get some eyes on this pay-per-view. Um, like you said, it, it, I don't think we've seen an official announcement, but at the end of the whole Shaq thing, he says, you know, I'll do it any place, any time, but like, let's, let's do it in March. And I believe that's right. when revolution is right. So yeah. March 7th. It, it's, yeah, it's kind of making it sound like that's when it's going to be. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Jade and, and to see what she's really about. We, we already know how talented Red Velvet is. Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah. March I can't come soon enough. I guess that's the last the last thing we have to see from Jade is in-ring bell to bell. We've seen her in some backstage stuff. She has decent mic skills. She has the look. There's no doubt there. What can you do in those in between those ropes? Bell to bell. That's the last question. Uh and and when we finally get to see that, I I can give a really concrete answer to, to if this girl's going to be a star or not. And, uh, you know, things are looking good for Jade so far. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if this is a bust. But we're, we're going to have to uh, dish out the cash to, to see it live. You bet. You bet. Uh, from there, we get another matchup. Hangman Adam Page going up against uh, a debuting the Hollywood hunk Ryan Namath. Um, I've never seen this guy before. Actually, no, that's a lie. I have seen him before. His name was Dolph Ziggler. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to say Dolph Ziggler light per se, because this guy's like way bigger than Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> He's got a, probably a foot on Ziggler. But I mean, they're twins. <laughs> yeah, doppelgangers for sure. Yeah, D- doppelgangers for sure. Uh, what did you think of this match? Uh, th- this was uh, an okay match. Like uh, Dolph Ziggler... 2.0 uh can can wrestle he's he's got the chops um adam was adam we, we knew how this was gonna end but this was more about the end as it usually is and this actually started in the match so this didn't happen really at the end and and that's something that happened is matt hardy comes out to the ring i want to say about halfway through to watch the match and the cameras pick out Matt Hardy cheering on Hangman. What did you think about this whole thing? Uh, it's compelling. This big money Matt kind of gimmick that, that Matt Hardy has uh, kind of evolved back into. He's, he's shedded the Damascus and the broken Matt Hardy stuff going back to this big money Matt seems like he's recruiting, you know, like he's like he's a talent agent or a sports agent and he's recruiting all these um, you know, um what were the, what what's what's the word uh talent? No, not talent, but uh clients. He's clients. recruiting clients yeah. for his agency, right? So he's got private party on BTE, he he duped the young bucks into into buying the expensive, the expensive uh, locker room, and now and now he's kind of coming after Adam Page, who ha- has been kind of lost since the breakup of the Elite. Um, doesn't seem to have anything to do with this new Bullet Club uh, reunion. Uh, he said no to the Dark Order, um, you know, and. You know, Matt Hardy doesn't do kind of the hard sell, if you will. He's out there. He cheers him on. One, two, three. And he goes to leave on the apron. And it's and it's Adam Page that calls him back. 
Shivani comes out for an interview and then Matt Hardy cuts a boring promo about how he loves what Adam Page is doing in the ring. And I mean, when Matt Hardy talks, I, I, I tend to tune out, but um, it's still a compelling twist to the story. And perhaps I might pay a little bit more attention to the Matt Hardy stuff. If Adam Page is, is going to be involved. I mean, there's options there. Yeah, I mean, uh, this really had the crowd kind of awing for for Hangman when Matt basically outs him by saying, you basically get dressed for your matches beside the catering table. Right. Um, yeah. He has nowhere to, to get dressed. Um, Matt says he has a huge dressing room and... Adam Page is welcome to come get dressed there, which uh, was a little bit creepy. But um, I, I guess we, <laughs> I guess uh, he's, you know, extending the olive branch to yes. possibly recruit him. Um, this doesn't really follow along with whole the the Adam Page wanting to be alone. So um, a bit interesting. He he finally gets. Dark Order off his back, and now he's got s- someone else on there. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Uh, if he's going to be getting dressed with Matt Hardy, I don't know. I feel I feel like this is just more of the same. I I I don't see Hangman, you know, playing ball with Matt Hardy. And perhaps, but mind you, he called him back, so it's hard to say, but I feel like this just ends up in the same situation. No, I'm good on my own. And then we'll go on to the next group that wants to recruit Hangman. Yeah. Unless Hangman's going to turn heel. This might be his mechanism for doing that. That could be, because I guess Dark Order is basically face now, you know, ever since the uh, the passing of Brody Lee, they are, you know, the hottest baby faces in the company now. The whole group is, right? So, right, right. yeah, that makes sense. If the whole idea was for Paige to turn heel, the Dark Order thing didn't turn out. Yeah, maybe, maybe Big Money Matt's the way to go. We'll see. It's compelling. I'll give it another chance. That's for sure. Uh, this okay. leads into what's that? I just said okay, yeah. Let's oh. <laughs> uh, see what happens. This leads into the next matchup of the night: Dax Harwood, Dax Harwood, AEW website, calling him Dash, jabronis. Uh, Dax Harwood uh, going up against Jungle Boy, and uh, this was a pretty impressive matchup. Um, they they did the whole build up. Uh, with, uh, you know, the tag team match with Marco Stunt. Marco gets injured. Um, you know, Jungle Boy coming back, challenging for the one-on-one, and then the added kind of stipulation, if you will, Luchasaurus uh, to be handcuffed to Tully and Cash uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, they don't get involved in it and it's a fair fight. And... um you know, 
watching this match, you, you kind of think, you know, can could they give this to Jungle Boy? Is this a, is this a good spot against you know top heel tag team to to sneak out a win? And um, I believe it was like about three quarters of the way where I was just like, they could give this to Jungle Boy. It makes sense. He's he's kind of the hot shot. It's kind of his time. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt Dax at all for doing the job to Jungle Boy because. He's a tag team wrestler. He lost in a singles match. It doesn't really hurt the allure of the FTR as a whole to me. So I I thought this was a perfect spot for Jungle Boy to sneak out a win. I don't know if I agree with the submission finish, though. Um, I get that maybe that's where they're headed. They they want Jungle Boy to to go to, that that's kind of going to be his go-to finisher being that normally he's again a tag team wrestler as well so i don't i don't agree with the with the submission but i mean this is a great match and jungle boy gets the win and he gets great for his young career to to get a win over a, an established guy like dax and yeah i'm all for it yeah it was about three quarters into the match i had asked you um you know could jungle boy pull this off and I I wasn't seeing myself where that that made sense, where you know FTR they're the top guys, so you know how how could you lose to to Jungle Boy? Who I mean he he's one of the bigger stars in AEW, but I mean he is a tag team, and Jurassic Express is kind of that middle middle of the road kind of tag team so um I, I i couldn't see it but um i thought you were right about the whole you know he is a tag team wrestler so if he lost it's kind of an excuse per se but it, it was really the end of the match here where it's like oh, okay so this is how this is how we're saving face because uh they they put a beat down on on Jungle Boy after this match, right? Is the refs were about to unlock Tully and and Cash from from Luchasaurus and Tully bringing out the tricks from 1984 gets the uh, the powder. He had a powder pack in his pocket and gets it out and and powders Luchasaurus. He's blind. Cash and Tully. Sneak into the ring. Dax is up from from the loss. Uh, they absolutely tear apart uh, Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus makes his way in. They absolutely tear apart, literally tear apart Luchasaurus as they uh, they have him handcuffed and and crucified on the ropes and and proceed to cut his horns off with scissors. Um, again, this is another spot where like. Okay, I don't get it. I understand that that is a man pretending to be a dinosaur. It's a gimmick. I'm a wrestling fan. I can get that. But now you're just absolutely ruining the guy by cutting his latex mask with scissors. I mean, unless this is a is a is leading into losing the luchasaurus 
gimmick. I think this is terrible. So unless Luchasaurus is going unmasked at some point, I think this this does nothing but hurt Luchasaurus. It don't gain anything. FDR doesn't gain anything more by doing this. I think it was a bad move. I I thought it was interesting. Like I mean, that looks like a pretty custom mask. It doesn't look like something you're gonna walk into to Walmart and uh, you know get another one. So you know how many of these could he actually have? And then you go and deface it like. I don't think that's ever coming back. Um, I think they could make this work either way. Um, so yeah, like you say, maybe this is leading to Luchasaurus maybe doing a whole kind of gimmick change. But I mean, I could also see him coming out with like bandages around his head and like just really milking this baby face sort of thing to the to the right. crowd and get the sympathy I, I think that would be you know super cool so i don't know it was if, it was a bit weird if this ends up being another like eight part saga of luchasaurus looking for his horns on bte i'll be upset <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah. no yeah i mean Let's talk about this spike go. pile driver by Tully. What what'd you think of this one? <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time we've seen it, but he got he got a little uh zealous, I suppose. Like he came off those ropes with such force he had to somersault over the whole crew. It was uh it was a bit awkward looking. Um I was scared for his uh mobility. I'm sure he wasn't walking very well the next day. I mean, good on him. Again, this is kind of a similar situation to to Jake, but he's willing to do it. Nobody's doing anything to him. You know, this is kind of all him. Right, so, right, I mean, right. whatever, but yeah, maybe try right, something well, different. Who did it better? Tully Blanchard, Snoop Dogg. I mean. I don't think that's a question, but <laughs> it's obviously Snoop Dogg's Frog Splash. Was way <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> Jungle Boy also getting his uh, his hair threatened to be cut off. Yeah, that, before I guess, he's yeah, uh, saved totally, by Marco Stunt. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. So after they cut the horns off of uh, Lugosaurus, they go to cut uh, Jungle Boy's hair, and uh, luckily. Luckily, uh, Marco Stunt and some others come from the back. Um, I would be, I would be um, so inclined to think that this is a tease to, towards a hair versus hair match, but uh, Dax doesn't have any hair, and and Cash has very little hair, so I don't, I don't get what I mean. It makes sense with the Luchasaurus stuff, but uh, I don't know, it still seems odd. The whole. St- Cutting things seems odd. I was fine with just the beatdown. The scissors come out. It's it's odd to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. All right. From there, we get another matchup uh, of the night. We got Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, uh, going up against Shana, Shanna, my girl Shanna. Um, 
this was a decent match. Uh, it wasn't the cleanest. It wasn't the fastest paced. But this was uh, Shanna's return to um, to Dynamite after a very long hiatus. She's gotten a few matches on Dark. I think this was a a, a five match uh, winning streak for her. So this was kind of a big deal. Awesome return. But she kind of runs into you know the star of the show, uh, the face, the role model, Britt Baker. Um, I enjoyed this match. It, it was fine. Shauna, Shanna looked good. Not much else you can really say. Yeah, they did. They did look to be a little bit off, and I, I can't even tell you, you know, whose fault it would have been or whatever. Hard to tell by just watching it. But um, the biggest one was the ending here. Britt trying to get uh, Shauna into the the lockjaw. It was like. You know, Britt thought she was right. going to flip one way. She was flipping the other way. And Britt just almost had to like kind of manhandle her to say, this is the way that we're going to get into this move. Right. I totally forgot. Finally about get that. into it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, overall, this was, uh, was a really decent match. The, the one thing that I did think they did bad better than anything was was the way the glove was introduced reba had it ready Britt baker goes over and gets her hand all the way in it's on her hand it's not just this weird claw her fingers aren't quite in the glove <laughs> you know what i mean this was the way to introduce it instead of you know Reba just throwing her the glove and then and then Britt trying to put it on with sweaty hands. This was the way to do it. Keep doing it this way. That was awesome. After the match, of course, Thunder Rosa running out after there's some extracurricular activities after the win. Uh, Thunder Rosa scaring off Britt Baker. Was there any contact here? I think Britt gets away cleanly and just runs away in this, right? Um, by cleanly, you mean she wasn't touched by Thunder Rosa? Yes. Uh, I would say not so cleanly, uh, Rebel or Reba, whatever you want to call her. And, and Britt having a bit of trouble getting out of the ring here. Uh, at one right. point, Britt was sitting on top of Reba and, uh, I thought that was kind of, <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, they were, they were really looking like they were trying to get out of their, their fast. They really sold that really well. Just got a little tied up, but, um, yeah. Uh, are they having, is there a match next week or is it a revolution yeah. match? It's next cool. week. Okay. I think it's next week. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Looking forward to that one. Um, lots of, lots of bad blood there. I'm I'm really looking forward to these two locking up. Uh, I think they'll be good together, similar to um, similar to Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. I, I feel like I feel like Britt has a similar style to Serena, so uh, I think these two will work well together. Can't wait. I'm uh, just having a hard time looking at Thunder Rosa. Like I, I just keep thinking like. Tony Montana and oh, it's, <laughs> uh, can't get over it. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, what's her name in Scarface? Maria? I think it's Mary? Maria, yeah. Maria? Uh, we, we're we not going to do the impression. No, I'll get over <laughs> it. I'll get over it. <laughs> um, MJF uh, in the back meets up with Sammy. Uh, there's a quick conversation that, uh, you know, MJF is uh, docking Wardlow's pay for getting involved last week. Sammy's not buying it. Um, he sees right through them again, options lip unlimited here uh, on where they can take this. I have no clue. They've gone back and forth sideways up and down with this inner circle storyline. Um, I'm just, I'm just sitting back and watching at this point. I, I can't predict anything anymore with these guys. Yeah, it, it's really tough. Um, and we've talked about a lot of those options and to me it's seeming more and more like like Wardlow's going to depart from MJF now that he's kind of in with uh, Chris Jericho seems like MJF still wants inner circle to be a thing are the other guys you know fed up with it like if I was proud and powerful I'd be this is BS I'm going my own way Right. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Just gotta, just gotta keep watching and see if maybe they're gonna be involved at Revolution and get some kind of you know really big moment where this story really, really happens. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. Uh, from there, we get into the main event of the evening. Uh, we have the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. Tag teaming with the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, as they take on Dark Orders, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. This is, I mean, on paper, huge match. We got four of the most charismatic characters in the Dark Order working, you know, up and come, like, Everybody in the Dark Order has been impressive in the last six months. Uh, no more so than John Silver and Alex Reynolds. They absolutely stole the show in this match, I feel. Their big comeback uh, at, near the end of the match, Silver and Reynolds doing their, you know, uh, what is it, like a step-up insecure? I'm not even going to try uh, to name. I, I'll memorize what the what the sequence is at some point, but... There's like an insiguri, there's a suplex, there's a there's a whole bunch of moves. It's freaking amazing. It's one of the best comebacks in the business right now. I cannot put over Silver and Reynolds enough. They stole the show. Yeah, I, I want to just go on the record as saying I think this was the best eight man tag team, or what? Like it's up there that yep. that I've ever seen. Like all these guys worked. Uh, really 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 well together um uh, there was a story in there i liked how john silver call, calls out uh doc gallows dg yeah. you know i want you and that whole you know you're just a little you're just a little squirt and all like all that <laughs> like it, it was just awesome and um yeah you're right like Silver and Reynolds. 
I hope they give these guys a push and we see more of these guys because they're they're fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just to backtrack a little bit, just before the match started, totally skipped over this because I was so excited about to talk about this match. But before we got an interview with uh, the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers, Dasha asking them, you know, are they going to be able to work together after, you know, what, what's been going on with them? Um, I love, I love that the Good Brothers brought back the, uh, what's, and what, and what's our favorite thing to do? Beat up John Moxley. Like when they were in Vanilla Brand, they did the beat up John Cena thing. I freaking died for that shit and it <laughs> caught me off guard when they pulled it out here. I don't know. I, I haven't heard them say it on Impact yet, but like, what are you going to say? Beat up Rich Swan. Like, that's not catchy, but beat up John Moxley fits so well. And yeah, they just kind of pulled it out of nowhere. Caught me off guard. I, that was awesome. Uh, Kenny Omega coming out to confront the young bucks uh, about perhaps what happened to Don before Kenny can really get, you know, into, into what's going on. Don comes out to try to stop Kenny and Don sporting the, the full bandage over what was just a bruise, you know, over his eye uh, the week before. I, I think more so than ever, your idea of, um, Don faking this injury, faking this beat down um, to to further the wedge in between Kenny and the Young Bucks. I mean, that's 100% at this point for me. Um, what'd you think of how they put this promo together? I thought it flowed really well. Yeah, um, and then you you pair that up with the the award acceptance by Kenny Omega and Don... You know, saying, um, you know, yeah, you know, you you, you had friends, but, you know, right, it's really yeah. about family and all of that. Like, I think that really solidifies where this is going, where, where Don, Don doesn't want this Bullet Club reunion. Or if he does, he doesn't want it with the Young Bucks. Right. I feel like. I feel like, like, of course, not legally or on paper because Kenny is an EVP. But I think Don's end goal is to have Kenny a part of Impact. I mean, which he is essentially, but Kenny's going to end up Impact World Champion at some point. If it's in a month or, or two months from now, he is going to be Impact World Champion. And. Yeah, the the ties with AEW with with uh, the elite essentially the Young Bucks, all those ties are going to be all those bridges are going to be burned, and all that's left is going to be Kenny and the Good Brothers, and who are they going to turn to? Well, you know they've been calling themselves Bullet Club, Bullet Club, Bullet Club. That's I think that's when you know Tonga and the New Japan. Bullet Club comes in, um, and you know, and then they're they're gonna they're gonna feel like that's gonna be their shelter, only to run into a brick wall, and they're like, yeah, no, we're pissed at you guys too, kind of thing, and uh, 
Don, Kenny, and and the Good Brothers are going to be left on an island. I th- I think that's where this is kind of all heading. Wow, that's <laughs> that that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, like I always say, I I want to see your version of this show because it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. Uh, so. I mean, getting back to the eight-man tag, I completely agree with what you said. This was, hands down, the best eight-man tag I've seen in a really, really long time. Um, If not ever, I I couldn't give you a specific match that I could compare it to. But I remember remember watching this, um, watching this back, and, like, ten minutes into this match, I was just like, holy shit like these guys are doing this right it's it's all in the ring there was the one spot where they kind of did the three uh buckle bombs onto the apron and stuff like that but everything was kind of in the ring there was focus on what needed to be focused on who was in the ring at that one time there wasn't too much of just everybody going off their own way to where it's hard to follow what's going on. There was probably only one of those moments, but it fit in with everything as well. And then you got that awesome comeback from, from silver and Reynolds, Uno and Grayson getting involved. And then you kind of have the dirty hit from the good brothers to change the tides. You got to get the magic killer. You get the four way super kick on Reynolds who I'm pretty sure his nose has to be broken after that. Or no, sorry, it Absolutely. was Grayson. Grayson took yeah. the the four-way super kick. Um looked amazing. We get the we get the Meltzer driver one, two, three. Hands down, best eight man tag of all time. Yeah, and I think you have to accredit this to like these guys have worked together. You know, Young Bucks, Good Brothers. Yes. Like, it just looked like muscle memory. Dark Order, we know how cohesive those guys are. Like, they're always on the same page. And uh, it, it just worked. Like, it just, it worked fantastic. Um, yeah, I take it back. This is this was probably the match of the night. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean... I see where you may have forgotten about this, but because <laughs> that first match was really good. But yeah, this was definitely match of the night. Um, after the match, though, Matt Jackson grabs the mic and announces that. Uh, I mean, I guess we heard it earlier in the night from Jr. that there was going to be a tag team battle royal. We saw this last year around the same time. Uh, worst worst fucking idea I think we've ever seen on Dynamite was last year's tag team battle royal. I hope they learned their lesson. Maybe we'll see something uh, a little bit more um, structured, we'll say. I hope we get an awesome moment like Sammy dying with the super kick. That was amazing from that match, but I I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Matt announces that whoever wins the tag team battle Royal at beach break will get a title shot at revolution for the AEW tag team championships. But there's a twist at that. The young bucks themselves are going to be in the battle Royal 
And if they win, they get to handpick who they will face at Revolution. And then Matt does his... I'm not going to say patented, but his... His, his very well-performed pause and turn. <laughs> it can be anybody as he signals to the Good Brothers and I'm still on the fence if I like this or not. I, I, I get why, why he, would, he would motion to the Good Brothers, why they would tease this matchup. But what does that mean? If this if this happens, if this is the road they go down, and it's Young Bucks versus Good Brothers, are the belts on the line? Is this a unification? Did Tony Khan buy Impact? And this is a complete unification. And and instead of uh instead of uh a second AEW show. It's just going to be impact and, and they're going to redo the WCW invading WWE, but do it right this time. Like I doubt that, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like this tease. I, I don't know. I need to think about it more. Yeah. I, I, I wonder how serious, how serious it was. But I mean, it's got us talking about it, right? And uh, true, it's uh, it's it's going to help sell that pay per view because it'll be interesting to see who pulls this off. Um, I like to know who would be in this match. I think that would determine whether or not this would happen. Right. Right. Uh, after all this, Ray Phoenix seemingly out of nowhere attacks the young bucks uh good brothers you know use the 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 power of numbers and, and get one on them uh moxley coming to the ring to to help out uh phoenix again just building that match uh next week at beach break and then when when the crowd clears it and and things seem to be like Moxley and Phoenix ha- have won the day. Kenny Omega comes and figures he's going to get a sneak attack on Moxley, but Moxley reads it um, and, and lands one of the most devastating uh, paradigm shifts, I think, ever. I mean, no one takes a paradigm shift like Kenny Omega, but uh, this was awesome. Yeah, and it wasn't expected. I I I was expecting Kenny was going to come out at some point in this match. Sure enough he does and I'm thinking Kenny's going to get his licks. I like this if you want to call it a swerve and yeah, it was a great ending to the show. You got uh Ray Phoenix and Moxley on the ropes. You know, very confident going into to next week. Uh, I thought it was a perfect end build to to next week. I'm I'm totally pumped for it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and yeah, like you said, great way to end the show with uh, Phoenix and and Moxley standing tall. I just don't understand where Pac was. Like, why wasn't Pac there? Well, I I yeah, that's a that's a good point. The the 
promo that we saw earlier, Pac was in that room where he's done promos before when he was, you know, stuck at home. So is he back at home now? Is that maybe why he wasn't on the show? I don't know. Who knows? Who I knows? don't. I don't think they have the the flight restrictions in the states like they do here in Canada. So right. it's quite possible maybe he went back. So who knows? Ho- hopefully he's there next week. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, but that was the show. It was it was it was a good show. Like I said, it was a bounce back show. It was great. It was entertaining. Um, that eight man tag. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, it's on demand on TSN uh, up here in Canada. Go check it out. It was an amazing. It was an amazing match, and you know I absolutely despise multi man tag matches. So that's saying something. And go check out Negative One on Dark. Really, really good segment by by him. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. All uh, don't forget. You know, we're available wherever you get your podcasts from, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of that. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed. Leave those five-star ratings, and we will catch you all next week. Top guys out.